Welcome to Mission Revive, a podcast dedicated to hope and healing through God's transforming love, where your hosts, anchored in truth and armed with faith, are changing the world and reviving hearts with Jesus, one conversation at a time. Hi, welcome to this episode of the Mission Revive podcast. I'm Bob Newberry, and I'm a board member of Revive Hope and Healing Ministries, a collection of Catholic apostolates impelled by the Holy Spirit. My partner for today's podcast is Ann Costa, founder and executive director of Revive Hope and Healing Ministries. Welcome, Ann. Thanks. Hi, Bob. Well, today is a, is a great honor. That we are very excited that we have as our guest today. Absolutely. Uh, right? Our, our, yep. uh, the 11th, the 11th Bishop of the Diocese of Syracuse, New York, His Excellency, the very Reverend Bishop uh, Douglas J. Lucia. Our bishop was ordained in um, 1989 and served in the Ogdensburg Diocese, which is just north of here in northern New York. And his installation was August 8th, uh, 2019. And when we think about that time frame, uh, he has ushered us through COVID. Very shortly before, after he came, he has helped us reorganize in our diocese. And now he's taking on the Eucharistic Revival and the National Eucharistic Revival. And he's had some very promising restructuring of our diocese that was a focus on catechesis, which I'm, I'm going to ask him to talk about today. Um, but you know what? He still manages to do a lot of pastoral work in parishes and a lot of the rural parishes, probably because um, they remind him of his work when he was a priest and also growing up in Northern New York. So we're very pleased, welcome Bishop uh, Lucia. Come on, come on Bishop. All right. I always wanna say, come on down. <laughs> there you go. All right. Yeah, there, we did it, we did All it. Right. We're able to do it. All yeah. Right. Awesome. Thank you, thank you so much, Bishop, for for joining us. You know, I'm um, I'm tempted, but I won't ask you if you've ever had a pizza at Josie's Pizzeria in downtown Canton. Oh, I'm absolutely! Not, but I'm not going to ask you that. I'm not going to ask you that question here. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I ate many of those when I went to college in Canton. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that's that great. is Sergi's. Yes, and Sergi's. Right. Oh my gosh, oh, Sergi's pizza rolls. Are you kidding? Man, yeah, oh, absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. And that's a good start. We digress already. We've digressing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the, the first first area we'd ask you to talk about a little bit is 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 as Ann mentioned, the uh the National Eucharistic Revival, uh, sponsored by the bishops. And and um but I, I wonder if you would talk a bit about uh what the real uh presence of Christ means to you in your own life and and how has uh your life been impacted by uh, by the real presence of Christ. Well, for me, um, the real presence is, is is the reason I'm Catholic. I mean that that to me is part and parcel of 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 the depth of my Catholic faith. And it's interesting for me that one of my earliest memories is my first communion day. I mean, I, I remember, but that my first communion day sticks with me even to this day um i um i just thought that was the most beautiful moment and when the lord 
came and it also happened to be on that day we had May crowning. Um, but I, I just remember even, well, I almost hate to say it, but almost like 52 years later, <laughs> I, I can really remember that moment quite vividly. And I can remember not only that, but just going to Sunday mass with my parents made such an impression on me. And, um, the, um, uh, and I, and I can remember it's even one time at mass and it's a long story and I won't share it now, but, but I remember just having to be at mass just with my dad. And it was, um, we, we always went to the eight o'clock mass that Sunday for a particular reason, we had to go to the 10 o'clock, at least he and I did. And I remember sitting at that mass and in those days that was the high mass, the sung mass. And I just remember saying to my dad, I want to be like Father Howard. And it, but it was very much, it was all centered in on the Eucharist. And as I, and as I, even in my teenage years, the, the parish I belonged to had Eucharistic adoration on a regular basis. So that, that became for me a, a privileged time, uh, a privileged time where, um, where I was able to just really connect with the Lord. And, and so for me, the, uh, the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, first of all, uh, the great consolation it brings to the individual. But for me also, it's really at the heart of, of my mission uh, as, as a disciple that I'm, I'm called to be not just that living gospel for all people to hear, but one of the lines I've often reflected upon is, in fact, it, 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 it sort of vied for my motto, but one of my other favorite lines in sacred scripture is the word became flesh. Mm. The word became flesh. And, and so for me, how is Christ really present in all that I do and all that I say? And yet the only way that can happen is by my being nourished in the Holy Eucharist. And yeah. so, and, and so for me, that, that, that real presence has been something that has been, um, that has been part and parcel of my life, really, um, um, right for all these years. So as, as you uh, undertake for the Diocese of Syracuse, uh, the, this revival, um, it's obviously very meaningful to you. What, what, what's your view of, uh, of uh, what's going to unfold in the diocese uh, um, under the umbrella of, of this effort? Yeah. Well, the first thing I, I think is needed is, is catechesis. You know, it's, it's, I think we have to remember, first of all, what a gift we have in the Eucharist and what it really means to us. Um, and so I, I think for me, that's the first thing is, is this, this, this whole effort of catechesis. And that's why even now, um, and we're going to talk about it in a minute, but the whole, uh, why we're uh, re reforming our whole approach to catechesis, because um really um, central to it will be the Eucharist. Central to it will be um, families coming together for the Sunday Eucharist, but also at that Eucharist, how are they fed? How are they fed by word and sacrament? 
So that, that's one area. Uh, another, uh, another area of that coming from the Eucharistic revival is just giving people opportunity to pray, to pray before our Lord in the blessed, before our Lord in the blessed sacrament. So that's why I really want to encourage throughout the diocese that there be regular holy hours. Um, I mean, I guess in my heart of hearts, I wish there was an adoration chapel in, in every in every parish of the diocese. Um, okay, that's been said. That the gauntlet has been set. Okay, we that is the bar. All right. Yeah. No, it really for me, it, for me, it is the bar in one sense yes. because can you imagine what it would be like if in every parish, uh, um, twenty four hours a day, you had parishioners. And I, I said this last night, actually, at a confirmation that at a parish that does have an adoration chapel. Mm -hmm. And one of the one of my challenges to the young people was, uh, I, there were fifty four of them confirmed last night. I said, can you imagine if the fifty four of you went to the adoration chapel at least once a week here? What a powerhouse of prayer you would be. And and, and so for me, that's that's what we need to tap into again. I think so many people just throw up their hands and say, well, what can we do? What can we do? And, and for me, it really, and even I have to be reminded of that too. I mean, I, I, I get it. Life gets, we get on that treadmill sometimes and everything, but, but I often remember a sign I was given and I was telling folks about it this weekend in my homily, but I was given a sign that says a day hemmed in prayer seldom unravels. Mm. So if we seem yeah. to be unraveling, I think the first thing we have to ask is, where is prayer? And if we're asking, where is prayer? We're going to have to ask, where is Jesus? And for me, when we ask, where is Jesus? It's where is the Eucharist? It's all connected, isn't it? It yeah. just is. It makes perfect sense that we would draw every, every from him. And that's how he how he wants to be there for us. So yeah. when we go to him, I'm so excited to, at St. Daniel's. And we just begun a weekly holy hour in reparation of the Sacred Heart on Thursdays, what Jesus asked for. And I, and I, you know, whether there's like three people there or 30 people there, the power of that and, and just plugging into that. I just love it. Every week we do that. Yeah. And I see it more and more. I mean, I, I don't think it's an unrealistic goal really for there to be a, a, a chapel, a Eucharistic adoration chapel in every parish. So yeah. I, I, I'm going to, let's, let's work for that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Now you yeah, mentioned the catechesis. I'm sorry, Bob. No, and go I ahead. Go ahead. Good. This is the other thing that really excites me. I said some promising things because you mentioned the family, the the catechesis for the family, empowering, I believe, I believe, and I've seen in certain parishes where it becomes a family catechesis. We're empowering parents to teach their children. Mm -hmm. is, is that really kind of yeah, the goal? That is one of the goals. But in order for, for that to happen. And I have to speak realistically of a of a couple generations, maybe not so much the one I belong to, but a couple generations behind me, where um, we have to ask, how much of the faith do we know? And that's why when we talk about catechesis, um, we need to make it so that not only are our young people learning of the faith, but even more that they're bringing that faith back home, and we give the opportunities. Sometimes I, I don't like the term necessarily, but I, I guess it's it's an accurate, the lost generations, but those who 
really haven't been given the catechesis mm -hmm. that we that really is grounded in the tradition and scripture and tradition which is the richness of our church um you know um so often these days and and we we use words and i i want to be careful but i guess we have to be careful you know there's there's almost like we we use words like cancel culture and things like that which would which would almost give the idea that oh the only the only um good things are are what we're coming up with right now and it's like no no um you we build um uh we build on our our ancestors in the faith we build on their living of the faith and so but to me that's why catechesis uh, um i think um the document catechesis tradende um when it was written was the whole idea of of we stand on a foundation and and that's what i want people to to appreciate the foundation and then we, then it's inviting us to continue to build. And the, and the thing is, and I think we've forgotten this too, because we talk about this all the time, that building goes on all of life. And yet, I think one of the things is, what, what have we heard before? Confirmation is graduation. Or, or, and then and people sort of even will lose connection with their faith. And then as life goes, sometimes they'll, they'll be able to, to some moments lead them to reconnect. But my my idea is um, I, I really don't want those moments just to be reasons why they reconnect, like whether it's the death of a loved one or or finally a kid is getting baptized or a kid is making first communion. But I'm really hoping that, again, this idea we've already talked about the real presence, but that Christ can make a real difference in our lives, no matter what age, no matter what's going on. Right, right. That is relevant. He's relevant. He's relevant. Yeah, excellent word. He's relevant. Yeah. Uh-huh. To everything that we're trying to do. What a what a challenge. I yeah. I, I I saw the numbers out of the Pew, Pew Research there a year or two ago that yeah. I guess is one of the uh promptings for the for the uh bishop's um uh, uh efforts. Man, it's it's huge. The the job that's being undertaken, huh? Yeah. But, but what but, I find, yeah. Oh, sorry. But I, I can't imagine a more important job to undertake. Right. Yeah. And what I'm finding already, I, I've seen it just in the last month, um, in my own work. And some some folks are kind of interested. Well, Bishop, why why are you also pastor of St. Margaret's? And part of it was because I I was not a pastor in this diocese, so I wanted to be able to experience a, a parish. But also, it, it's giving me that that direct contact. So right now, what I'm beginning to see, and, and I and I see this, I'm beginning to see people starting to come back to the practice of the faith, starting to come back, especially after COVID, but to wanting to participate in the parish and to grow in their faith. But what I find so interesting about it is like. Um, what's drawing them back particularly is the liturgy is the is the mass and so for me part of the the eucharistic revival is also a challenge to all priests and all who help with all who assist at mass that um how we how we celebrate mass how we how we um lead um the liturgical right so to speak but how 
how we do things is important and and especially leading people um what's one of the big criticisms sometimes i don't feel any reverence i don't i don't there's the whole question about reverence or 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 um and and yet what i find more and more with people and i i heard it again just this weekend is oh bishop i just i love coming to mass i just i get so much out and and that's my challenge to the priest we have to give our people something that nourishes their souls yeah the, the the days of the 15 minute soul of the 15 minute cookie get in and get out of mass or whatever those days have to be done and i'm i'm talking about someone who who lived that i my teenage years um again priests even have their limitations but i had a pastor who who, who literally could say mass in 15 mm. minutes and of course it's popular in many ways, but there was the challenge of, well, how does it, how are people being nourished? I know one of my friends said this about a, a priest in our diocese when, when we were, she, she said, I love the way father prays the mass. Praise the mass. Exactly. Praise the mass. Every word it has is potent mm -hmm. and that's, and she's, and she's just, and we, and I go to that I go to that parish and it's the same. That's how it feels. It's like, yeah. you're, this is not a, a, a run of the mill thing we're doing here. It really, he prays it with such, um, you know, reverence. You, 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 you feel like you're a part of something way bigger than yourself, which is actually the truth. That's know? it. That is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. the, the altar as often I'm reminded is where heaven meets earth. Yes. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear that you're seeing that people are coming back for that. Yes. And, and like I say, it's been heartening to me to hear, like I say, and again, the the way I hear it now is, well, I heard it at, when I'm, I've been doing some fall confirmations, but I've also, I just heard it even at St. Margaret's, which is, and, and, and I, and I, and I can see that. Um, and, and, and a big part of it, and again, that's where catechesis comes in, is the preaching of the word. And people just don't want things that make them feel good, but they really want to understand know. what Intellect, the word is yeah. about. Yeah. Just, yeah. just like the readings this weekend. I mean, the, the readings this weekend, at first they're, they're like, oh, what meaning do they have for our lives? But you start breaking them open and it's like, oh, that's what yeah, it means. Yeah. <laughs> I was particularly taken, I, I attend church most often at St. Saint, Agathus in Canastota. You, you've been there, Bishop. And, right. Uh, and I appreciate that, but Father Chris, uh, it was it was just a wonderful teaching homily, as he talked about his own difficulty and 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 getting a handle on the gospel message from uh, from Sunday, and it, it was wonderful. Um, but it was very much of a teaching time, and I think people value that and appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Bishop, I wanted to maybe take a, a, a turn a little bit in a, a slightly different direction. Sure. I know when uh, uh, I heard through the grapevine that from your listening sessions around the diocese, that, that one of the uh, concerns that kept bubbling up was uh, uh, mental health concerns of, mm -hmm. uh, of lay people. And I, I wondered, um, what were you hearing and, and what, were your, what are your thoughts about that? Well, again, what I was hearing is um, 
with the pressures of the day and particularly how people are struggling and and I'm and I'm and for me it it was it was um an awareness like I think we sometimes forget especially with the pandemic and everything but everything that's been been going on and so I I think we there can be a tendency to sort of oh yeah people are struggling and and so um first of all I was just appreciative that people would talk about the struggles but I was also appreciative in the sense that they really wanted to see how the how the church could help that that the church not forget to to be present to to um, people where they're at and 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 it makes me think of particularly because I often think about how people can very much suffer in silence and and like feel that there's no one they can turn to and so I guess in this particular area it's like I don't have the answer right now um, but what it's given me pause for and given me reflection to is how can we reach out? Uh, how can we reach out to help people? I mean, I, I can honestly uh, say just it was last week, somebody stopped me and they said, uh, they actually said to me, Bishop, I really need some counseling and I really wish I could go to somebody Catholic. Do you, do you know of anybody? And I said, I said, I wish I really did, um, but I, I'm not as familiar as I would like to be. And, and, but, um, but I gave the person, in fact, what I did suggest is, why don't you call Catholic Charities? Um, and Catholic Charities can, and then I forgot now, now that we're talking, and I hear, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to be scolded here. But, um, I, I, I'm being humbled here right now. I, <laughs> but, You're among friends. Yeah. But, but at the same time, it was, uh, it was good to hear that, and I, that's why I'm encouraged by it. That, but the, but the, but for the church, and and I think that's what sometimes priests are scared by that. And I think again, and and, you're, and like I said, you guys are reminding me this morning. It's like yeah. we do have those resources. It's just, it's just trying to remember them. Right. So we'll make sure that we. We get them in front of you, Bishop, too. Yeah, and we, yeah. we do have, we just actually, we, what we're talking about is the fact that on our website, we do have vetted uh, authentic Catholic counselors um, profiles up on our website, um, as well as uh, Bob is someone who goes out to a parish, Sacred Heart Parish in Cicero is available um, to do counseling. The, 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 the parish priest arranged for that right. um, to occur. So if few and far between, but they are there, and I am so encouraged that people are coming to you. They're they're asking for it, yeah. okay? Because that is the first step. That's a huge first step, and um, we'll make sure that we get the information out there. Oh, and, I think uh, that's a great. Yeah, because, yeah. Because I've heard it, and again, wanting to respect, but now that you, we're talking about it, like like even in 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 the sacrament of penance, people will they'll they want to come for the healing of the sacrament, but they're also looking. Is there any yeah. direction you can give me? Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's, I'm struck also, and uh, the work I do, I'm struck by the value that that the uh, the layperson places on uh, their Catholicism. Yes. You know, they 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 uh, they see a difference between uh, uh, a Catholic practitioner and and a secular practitioner, right. and that's and that's important. That's an important distinction right. for them. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Well, look, we're going to continue right. to build on that as well, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. I, I, uh, maybe a last question that I would uh, pose for you, Bishop, is you've been tremendously helpful to revive um, in, in so many ways uh, since our founding. And, and I'm, I'm wondering what, what your, and thank you very much for that. Um, I'm wondering what your view is of, of, of Catholic ministries like revive in, in the, uh, the mission of the church. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting when, when I was a baby Bishop really at that time, not that I'm, much older, but about three years ago when I, I was only ordained a bishop about three months when I did my first ad limina visit, um, which is a visit a bishop makes to the to Rome, to the Holy See, about every five, six years, and to give a report of the diocese. But I remember um, in one of the meetings, um, the whole idea of, of um, associations of the faithful um, came up. And, and they were very much, I remember, um, the, and I remember the question being raised, and well, I probably, I think I was the one who raised the question, I said, how, how, do, we, how do we handle like people who want to begin associations or they have associations, they want to be right? And, and I remember the response given was really, um, Bishop, you need to walk with them. You need to walk with them. You need to get to know them. You need to... Be, and, and just be present. But I was so encouraged by by that in the sense of really the invitation given to us was to really um, to get to know them, but also in getting to know them. Um, I was very uplifted by the the the, the, the um, notion of the importance of the lay associations, and 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 so um, I think that's where it started for me, and so. As, as I started to get to know the diocese, I started to know about Revive and some other groups. And so I've been trying to walk with them to because I just think it's so important that God gives us, as St. Paul writes, different gifts and different charisms. And yet I find um, as bishop, I've learned very quickly, I can't do it all. And but how wonderful it is to have people who are willing to um be that living gospel for all people to hear. Well, we're incredibly grateful for that opportunity to serve in that way and yeah. the structure and, uh, you know, it's just really helpful. It's, it feels like a beautiful partnership and it mm -hmm. can only enrich the diocese and we appreciate your support and, and guidance really. Mm -hmm. It's been good. Yeah. We're just getting started, really. That's right. We are. Right? Absolutely. I, yeah. I feel like, uh, yeah, this is just, I've been in preschool, whatever. No, no. <laughs> so, Bob, is there anything else that you'd want to, or Bishop, is there anything that you would like for us to communicate to the audience? I know there's going to be lots of people to your to your uh, to your flock here. Well, again, I, I just want to encourage people to, particularly, particularly um, remember that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life, and so. Um, anything we can do to get back to our roots, that will help us, in a sense, climb higher if we can use it that way. Um, yeah. But again, I, you know, I think of that. I think of climbing higher in the sense of the transfiguration when we when we go to the mountaintop, and and yet Jesus doesn't stay with us just when we're on the mountaintop. He 
he comes down when we when, when we come down and we start walking the road of life and so i just want people to see the what richness there is yeah my my closing thought would be i bishop i so appreciate your personal reflections on on the porch of the eucharist in your life um thank you for sharing that yeah yeah, yeah. could and, you give could you give us a blessing as we certainly. as we close sure Lord be with you. And may the Lord be with you to protect you. May he guide you and give you strength. May he watch over you, keep you in his care, and bless you with peace. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. you all thank have you, a good Bishop. Day. All right. Okay. Now I got to go and meet with the council of priests. So. <laughs> God bless. I'm telling him we said hello. We're here. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Take I'll care. See you now. Now. Okay. Bye bye. We are grateful that you joined us today for another episode of the Mission Revive podcast. We humbly ask for your prayers as we continue in the mission entrusted to us to evangelize and revive hearts with Jesus. We would also ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor of this podcast or making a financial contribution to support this growing ministry. You can do this by visiting our website at revivehopeandhealing.com or through our Revive Hope and Healing Ministries patron page. We cannot do this without you. Thank you.